Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Safety is the organizational genesis for real understanding, empathy, and communication in your workforce. Leading safety first drives a positive evolution in your work practices. As we teach safety, we are enabling our leaders to learn more about their teams and the amazing diversity of background and diversity of thought that make our workplaces great. Hi. I'm Mark, and I'm so happy that you've joined me for this episode of the podcast. So last week, I didn't really get to finish the thoughts I started. Uh, So I want to go back in time again. We're going to go back to the year 1995. Um, I'd been dating my future wife one year at this time. I was in high school and had no idea what a safety profession even was. I probably couldn't spell OSHA at that time. And so it's interesting when we go back and we look at this whole system of safety and the idea of it, the implications that were being written about in 1995. So again, this was in professional safety, um, part of the ASSP journal, and it was from March 2022. So that's the the journal that uh, the the journal that I'm referencing, but what they did was they went back in the archives and they found rebranding corporate health and safety. It's time to think again by Larry Hansen from 1995, and I am shocked when I read this, and it rang so true to me that years, decades later the safety profession is still struggling with the same thoughts, the same issues that we have. And what it comes down to is we are, whether you agree with this statement or not, at some part, whether you can debate how much percent, I'm going to say a lot. I'm going to say this is, this is one of the biggest parts that will influence safety as an organization is your key leadership. If you have a leader and I'm going to go as, as simple to say that if this leader has empathy for the human being, if they have empathy for people in general, if they've taught themselves to be empathetic, you're going to have an easier time with that than with someone who's not. Someone who's 
not really that sees it truly as workers versus people and that they're a resource, a spreadsheet, a number, an hour, an output versus a real human being. And no matter how much we will try to teach or coach up or do things, fundamentally, we may not be able to change that. And we may be stuck in a situation, hopefully looking to move, uh, been there, um, looking to do something to affect that. And that has led me to do separately. This is going to be a future episode, I'm sure. I've started looking at how do you teach empathy? How do you begin to get people to care enough to make the changes they need to change? Because let's get down to it. When we look at the deaths that still happen in the United States, it's not the fact that there's not a law there. There is a law. The fear of the law has not stopped someone from making a leadership decision potentially to put someone in a very bad situation. It's the lack of caring. It's a number that I can pay the fine. I can pay the whatever. It is cheaper and I don't want to lose money. So why should I empower, teach, or care about my people? And that to me seems to be the ultimate root cause is that if we don't see our team as people, as human beings, we will, the law doesn't matter. The law can tell us whatever. We don't care. Those people do not care regardless and do not want to be educated regardless. And I'm not, there is no easy answer to that. And it's not new. We are not, if you're out there and you feel like you're alone fighting that fight, you are not. I've been there a few times and I've interviewed and spoken to many safety professionals that have felt that way either from an individual manager or even a complete large organization that there was a complete lack of care for people. And that leads to significant safety risk because they're not willing to put forth the effort. All they want to do is point the finger. So let's jump into this article again from 1995 by Larry Hansen. And one of his uh, prevailing wisdom is that poor employee attitudes cause workers' comp problems. And what he's saying is that that common logic shouldn't be common. That shouldn't be the prevailing wisdom. The real wisdom, the real issue is that poor management practices are causing those employee attitudes. <laughs> wow. Have you ever met a manager, a site leader that had their eyes opened, that actually had that, that aha moment, that light bulb going off on their head moment for safety, where they never really understood it. And then maybe after time, hopefully not after a bad event, uh, but maybe just after some training, maybe after some experience, maybe after interaction with their team, that they got it. And their eyes opened and they looked and then they looked in the mirror and said, some of the things I'm doing are causing this. And that's some of the prevailing even data related research that's going on is that management decisions ultimately lead to the significant incidents and fatalities that sometime along the line, there were a series of either large or small decisions that led to that event. And it was all based on the fact that the person wasn't looking internal on how it affected safety. So how many have you ever seen that happen? Have you ever, I'm sure you've wanted that to happen. I know there's been many times I have thought of that, but I remember one, 
I remember a few things. One is a story. This is a friend of a friend. This is, but basically the very small firm and they unfortunately had a fatality and the CEO of the company, it, it, it shook him and it woke him up. And after that, it was a, it was a different organization. It was a complete turnaround. Now, why it had to lead to fatality to get there is terrible. Maybe the revolution changed, though. Maybe then instead of it just continuing and having risk, as we've seen in the news, there's articles written about how there are organizations that have fatality after fatality after fatality, and they, they don't change. They pay the fines. They, they publish a press release, and they just keep doing what they're doing. At least there was change. But I also remember I was really struggling an organization on how to get going. And I started moving into more of like, how do we talk? How do we coach? How do we, how do we do all these things around safety? And it was suddenly out of the blue, it was a conversation came up and there was change. There was an idea that we have to humanize what we're doing. We cannot lean spreadsheet flow chart manage that it has to be something more. It has to be based on the human condition, the human part of their body, what makes them human, and the motivation behind it. And that key motivation is the desire to go home after working and enjoying your life. And how, as the organization, do we do that for someone? More podcast in just a moment. You've got a friend in the safety business. Who wants to help your team work safer? The safety dude. Who wants to help your leadership engage through safety? Again, the safety dude. Who is there to take your safety systems to the next level? That's right, the safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety. www.tsdamalgamated.com. Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Again, I'm Mark, and I am so happy that you are with me. So let's keep going. So I'm looking at this article that was published in the March 2022 Professional Safety Journal, and they did a throwback to 1995. Larry Hansen did an article about rethinking um, corporate measures, corporate ideas. And the next one is one that just floored me. Uh, because I have struggled with this more and more year after year. And it seems like I keep struggling with it more and more. And so he says the prevailing wisdom is unsafe employee acts are responsible for 85% of accidents. In other words, employees are the problem. And what he says should be the logic, the, the real reason, the real root cause, the process designed for administering and managing is the problem 94% of the time. Now, we've even heard statistics nowadays. We'll, we'll hear those that are touting these amazing 
silver bullet approaches to safety of behavior-based safety. Is behavior-based safety part of a robust system? Yes, but it begins with a whole lot more. There's much more to it. That's a whole nother discussion about that there is no one-stop shop. There is no single approach to making it safe, to making it the best it can be. But there's those out there who are looking to make some money, some quick money, and they're trying to sell this single approach of just behavior-based safety, and they claim 95 to 99% of accidents are caused by a behavior. And, and then someone hears that, and they just run around with that statistic. And all that's saying is that there was a hazard, and that person may or may not have recognized that hazard, and then they engaged it. They knew there may, there's always risk in this world. We will never get rid of risk. It's just the tolerance for the risk. So the person saw the risk, they engaged it, and they became hurt. It doesn't mean the person was at fault. Why did they engage it? What management systems, what engineering practices were in place? And I've, I've been in an interview one time. I was interviewing for a position, and someone threw that at me like, well, Mark, I, I don't, your approach for engineering and looking at culture and looking at leadership methods, the statistic I hear is that 95% to 99% are employee-based accidents. It's their behaviors. And um, I've never been in an interview where I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to actually debate. We are going to go to the mattresses right here during this interview because at that time, I was definitely well-versed in some of this. I hadn't had my PhD yet. I was working on it. And I'm, I'm interviewing, looking for this position. And that person, they were um, operations manager, said that. And I about lost it. And I made a decision right there that, one, I didn't want the job. Because whether they were testing me or whether he really believed that, I was not interested. And I really think it was a test. I think it was, they were pushing on me to see if I would fight back after that answer. They were, they were wanting to see if I would debate or if I would concede. And I hate that stuff. I don't like to be pushed to the point where I have to argue to make a point, to make you feel good that I'm willing to stand up for myself. That doesn't seem like good interview practice. It's very adversarial. Um, and it creates the situation where you feel like that every staff meeting will be adversarial. But I tore him a new one, essentially, and let him know that it's his attitude more than likely that did it. They didn't choose to get hurt. Do you choose to get hurt? Have you ever met anyone who has come to work, looked you in the face and said, today, I want to get hurt. Sounds like a great idea. You see this finger? Don't need it anymore. Thinking about chopping it off. No one does that. And if they do, you've, as a culture, you've got something rotten in your culture to the core. And, and I just went, I said, you created the culture that allowed that person, that, it, that empowered that person to make that decision. It was the management decision that led there. Are they accountable for their actions? Yes. Are we accountable for our culture? Double, triple, quadruple, Yes. And so, and what was funny is they made me a job offer. Um, and I think they really were just seeing if I would fight, if I had the feistiness in me. And I usually reserve that for when needed. I think that rational people can talk and understand and debate. 
without having to get fired up. <laughs> but there's still, and there we go with that whole idea of like, where are we managing from? There have been so many books, Brene Brown, Simon Sinek, some, some visionary leaders who really talk about the idea of empathy in the workplace and motivation theories and ideas that these aren't new ideas, but we're putting some real qualitative and quantitative research to show that they are true, that micromanagement doesn't work, empowerment works. It, it creates that revolution in the workplace. In 1995, Larry Hansen here was publishing a paper on it. And I'm sure even before that, there is research out there that confirms the same idea that it's not the employee. It's the culture of the organization. We make those choices. And as a safety professional, we see that. And it's hard to influence up the idea of that empowerment, of that motivation, of that whole process of empathy and caring for our team. And again, I'm trying to start some research to see if there's been anything in the idea of how do you take a leader in an organization that may have been a very successful leader and how do you coach up? How do you teach the idea that we should have a little bit more empathy. Am I saying that we should do everything that's asked of us? No. There's right, there's wrong, there's good, there's bad, there's high impact, low impact, value added processes that should be put into place. But if we fundamentally don't care about the people in our organization, then we're not going to care about the law. We're not going to care about safety. We're only going to care about the money that's being made. And that is contrary to what a good organization should be. And it even marginalizes. Yeah, you're going to see the profit. But you, what if you could have more? And that's where some of the newer research is showing is that to really skyrocket, you can have more. You can do more. And it starts with that employee empowerment, which is really part of trusting, empathy, and those non-tangible but highly important parts of running a workplace that has people in it. So next time, I'm going to probably continue in this article because there's a few more truths in here that decades ago were just as true and have just, like I said, I've taken one and just ran with it because it's really sparked some of the passion in me for what I have seen. So we're going to continue that conversation in the next few episodes maybe. And until the next time that we chat, stay safe.
Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.